Welcome to the Paranormal States of America. I'm your host, John Devine, and on this episode, we're pausing our regularly scheduled programming to take a look at the history of Halloween in America and to celebrate this spooky season. Halloween has its origins in the Celtic holiday Samhain. This festival marked the end of the harvest and the beginning of winter. In Celtic folklore, it was believed that the festival marked a time when the boundary between this world and the other world, the realm of the deities, was the thinnest and spirits could easily cross into our world. The bonfires set during the festival were believed to drive away evil spirits. Candles were lit and lanterns were carved out of vegetables like squash to light the way for good spirits. In America, pumpkins took the place of squash and the jack-o'-lantern is now the most recognizable symbol of Halloween. As Europeans immigrated to the United States, they brought their traditions with them. But the strict Protestant beliefs in the northern states prevented the pagan traditions from being practiced in the open. In the southern parts of the country, Europeans formed mixed communities and paired Halloween practices with Native American harvest celebrations. During these celebrations, people would play games, tell fortunes, dance, and, as we still practice today, tell ghost stories. I imagine as the immigrants spent more time in America, the stories shifted from being based on the folklore of their original homelands to being based on their American experience. In the early 1800s, one writer solidified the role of the paranormal in American literature, Edgar Allan Poe. Poe, who spent much of his life in Virginia and Maryland, had his works published in many literary magazines and has inspired countless writers in the horror, science fiction, and mystery genres. As we get closer to Halloween, and while we are still looking at the mid-Atlantic states and their paranormal activity, I want to celebrate the works of Edgar Allan Poe and his influence on our fascination with all things paranormal. This episode's Halloween treat will be my presentation of one of Edgar Allan Poe's most famous works, The Raven. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as if someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken sad uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more.' 
Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely this is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped the stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mien of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace, just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Much I marvel this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such name as Nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bus, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther then he uttered, not a feather then he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, Other friends have flown before, on the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, nevermore. But the raven, still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then upon the velvet sinking I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing, to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. 
Wretch, I cried, thy goth hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore, quaff, O oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, whether tempest sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still of bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, Tell the soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my lowliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting still is sitting on the pallid bust of palace just above my chamber door and his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor and my soul from the, out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore I hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. We'll be resuming our look at the paranormal in America after Halloween. Until then, please follow the show on Instagram at the Paranormal States of America and click the subscribe or follow button in your favorite podcast app. Until next time, I'm your host, John Devine, signing off from the Paranormal States of America. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.